everybody. This is Hamad Zaidi from Limping on Cloud9. First and foremost, Jonathan Nato and I wanted to thank you all for your amazing support with our podcast. We love bringing these podcasts your way. And again, we thank you for lending us your ears. If you've listened to what we've been doing for the past year and a half or so, you'd know that Jonathan and I are dying to rip a Porsche across our country and just really experience all that America has to offer. We want to see national monuments. We want to check out really cool places like the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. We want to hit NFL games, NBA games, and we want to find really weird, quirky stuff that we may or may not know of yet. So, in preparation of our trip, which we're just now starting to put together, we wanted to reintroduce a handful of podcasts that dealt with my previous road trips. This first one is what happened to me in April of 2002. I was on a blind date at the NCAA Final Four Tournament in Atlanta, Georgia. Now, the date went really bad. (laughs) It went horrible. But out of that... My buddy Steve called me and said, hey, man, now that your date's not very good and the Final Four is over, instead of going back to Los Angeles, can you please shoot up to New York and help me drive a Porsche that I bought all the way back from New York to San Diego? So that's what this podcast is about. I hope you enjoy it. Thank you again for listening to Limping on Cloud 9. And uh, keep your ears and eyes open for details that we have on our upcoming cross-country road trip. Thanks again. My name is Jonathan Nato, and I'm a blind guy. My name is Hamad Zaidi, and I have a disability. And this is Limping on Cloud 9. Today we're going to talk about a Final Four memory that I had, which also turned into a wild road trip across the country. Now that sounds like a movie. Yeah, it should be. It should be. <laughs> <laughs> it really should be. So are you ready for this? Yeah, yeah, let's hear it. All right, let's dive back into 2002, which I just want to say was the year before I met my wife. So I was a single man at the time. I was talking to a young woman who was a psychologist, talking to meaning I hadn't met her yet. We were just talking on the phone, kind of interested in each other. We weren't madly in love or anything, but just general interest, right? Yeah. And she went to KU undergrad, Kansas University, and the Final Four is going on. So she said that she'd never been to a Final Four. And then I said, no, wait a minute. I can get tickets. And she's like, you cannot. And I said, yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm like, I used to work at Tiger Records when I was a kid. <laughs> I, figured this, I figured this whole ticket thing out, right? I exactly. Tickets, right? And so I did. And here's the crazy thing. The Final Four was in Atlanta, Georgia. And we hadn't met yet, me and this young woman. We, this was our first date. We were going to meet in Atlanta, right? We meet. We like each other. It's kind of awkward because, like, the first time you're meeting, you're together for the weekend, which was awkward to begin with. Yeah. But it was fun. So on the first night, I told her, I go, well, wait a minute. KU has a history of choking. <laughs> and she's like, that cannot happen. This team is too strong, blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, all right, so what if they do choke? And she goes... First of all, do you not know that I'm a psychologist, right? (laughs) And I'm totally mature and I can handle this. And I'm like, all right, whatever. So we go to the semifinal game. It was KU against Maryland. And Maryland beat them. Oh, man. (laughs) Right? Oh, man. (laughs) And at the end of the game, she started to cry. 
And I'm like, okay, I understand it. And and so she turns to me and she goes, take me home. Oh, and then man. I'm, then I'm like, sure, let's go back to the hotel. And she goes, no, 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 take me home. I want to go back to Kansas. I'm thinking to myself, I guess this blind date's over. <laughs> right? right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and then, I mean, right? you know, me, me personally, I would have been like, there's no way I want you to bail out. You're gonna like leave me here with like you know two other t- or you know another ticket or, or or possibly two tickets. I don't know what where you're at with the the the, the second game being played that day. But I've been like, man, you're gonna leave me high and dry here this weekend. Like that's not cool. Yeah, no, it wasn't cool at all. I was a little I was a little pissed about that. But here's what I thought. I always try to look at the bright side of life, as Monty Python always said. Yeah. Right. <laughs> and so, long story short, I stayed. I called my buddy Steve Nelson, who incidentally just weeks earlier was in Guatemala with me. You remember that? Oh, yeah, yeah. So Steve drove out to Atlanta. We actually saw opening day, the Atlanta Braves, in the afternoon. (laughs) And then we went to the national final for the NTA Final Four that night. That's awesome. But here's the thing, Jonathan. That's not what this story is about. Yeah, that's that's the, the prelude to the real story. <laughs> that is that's just a little like teaser, right? <laughs> so, and why I mentioned Steve's last name is there's two Steves involved in this story. The the Steve that went to the final four with me was Steve Nelson, right? Yeah. Monday daytime, we are at the opening day of the Atlanta Braves before the final four. And another Steve calls me, and his name is Steve Montal. He calls me on the phone, and he's like, just very matter-of-fact, he goes, hey, man, where are you right now? And I said, I'm in Atlanta. I'm at the Final Four. And he goes, can you get to New York by tomorrow? (laughs) (laughs) And I'm like, what? And he goes, long story short, I bought my dad a Porsche convertible. The car's in New York. I'd like somebody to drive it back to San Diego with me. Oh, man. Can you, can you please go to New York and drive it back with me? So, Jonathan, somebody calls me out of the blue and says, not somebody, a dear friend of mine. Right, right. Calls me, calls me out of the blue, literally out of the blue, and says, hey, man, you want to come up to New York and drive a Porsche convertible? Across the country. <laughs> Across the country with me. What am I going to say? No? Right. right. Guess I'm not using my plane ticket back to L.A. <laughs> <laughs> Which is funny you said that because th- this story is really kind of weird. I-, I know it's odd, but it's all crazy. So here's what happened. I decide to buy a one-way ticket from Atlanta to New York. Okay. Not even thinking that we were only eight months after 9-11. Right. Right? So I go to the Atlanta airport to check into my flight, and they notice, you know, me, a little brown man with the name of Hamad. Yeah, right? yeah, exactly. <laughs> buying, buying a one-way ticket from Atlanta to oh, New York City. Oh, man, the flags must have went up on that one. They went so up. All the flag, bing! Right. Yeah. So, do, do not pass go. Do not collect two hundred dollars. <laughs> it's crazy. Exactly. Exactly. So I go to check in, and the person she's trying to she's trying really hard to be polite. She goes, "Could you just wait here a second? And all of a sudden, security comes out. To oh talk man! To and I'm like, "How can I help you?" And they go, "Can you come with us?" And I'm like, "Oh God! Oh my God!" And 
they told me, they said, okay, we want to know why you're buying a one-way ticket to New York City. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And I had to be honest. So I smiled and I said, oh, because one of my closest friends, Steve Montal, just bought his father a Porsche convertible. The car's in New York City. Oh, man. This story doesn't sound good now that you're putting it in this light. Right, exactly. You know? <laughs> the in New York City. I flew from LA. Well, what were you doing in Atlanta? Oh, I was at the Final Four with a blind date. Well, where's your blind date? Oh, well, she left on Saturday. Right? Oh man. <laughs> so they they questioned me for about twenty minutes. Okay. Right? Yeah. But then found out that you know I was not a threat, so they let me fly. Right. So. As soon as I land in New York, what am I greeted with? Oh, probably the same more, dudes waiting for you. More security. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And they're like, we got notes from Atlanta that you have some cockamamie story about going to the Final Four, flying to New York to drive a Porsche back to San Diego. And I'm like, you know what? Here's my Final Four tickets. And I showed them the tickets. Right? Yeah, yeah. And I'm, I'm telling you, I'm meeting my friend Steve here, and I'm sure he has the car, right? Yeah. So they let me go, but here's what's odd about this part of the story. Two weeks later, I was invited to Washington, D.C. to attend a luncheon hosted by Lynn Cheney at the National Press Club. Mm-hmm. You know, and for those for those out there who don't know, who don't remember who Lynn Cheney was, she is the wife of Vice President Dick Cheney, right? Yeah, who was vice and, president at that time, right? right. Yep. And the reason I was invited to Lynn Cheney's luncheon is because what Steve Nelson and I did in Guatemala, we were there filming a young American hero. Yeah. So the irony with all this is that whole experience, like going to the National Press Club two weeks later— roped me into writing, directing, and producing a White House-endorsed September 11th-related public service announcement. Man. You know? Yeah. And I don't want to talk about that in this version because in September we'll do it. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Because that's a big, big, big thing. But I'm honored to have directed a White House-endorsed September 11th-related public service announcement that honored the one-year anniversary 9-11. So the, the reason I mention that right now is here I was being questioned. Right. By, yeah. You know, I was being questioned by security in both Atlanta and New York for getting on a flight. Yeah. And, and just weeks later, I'd be invited to a major event in Washington, D.C. And just a handful of months later, I would direct a 9-11 project that was endorsed by the white house did you did you bring up your story at all your your with your uh recent travels using the uh the airports to, to anyone at, at that press conference thing no 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 uh, no no, okay. not at all but you know why because i didn't want them to put up a red flag on me right right exactly yeah there's, you know, no, there's no need to call like that negative attention to yourself like that Exactly. Yeah. I mean, when when a little brown guy gets invited to a luncheon like that, <laughs> you know, just take it for what it is, enjoy it, and move on in life. Yeah. yeah right? No. Exactly. So that was just the first part of the story, right? That's the final four part of the story. Yeah. So now, so, now this Porsche was it like a, a nine eleven like twin Carrera? Like what? What? What was it? 
No, man, it was not a 911, but what it was is a gorgeous steel blue Boxster with a convertible, since all Boxsters have convertibles. It was, like, geared for a racing car. Oh, man. Right? Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Oh, this man. This is going to be incredible. This sounds, right? like, this sounds like it's uh, the, the, the 2000 version of, um, uh, what's that documentary, like Horatio's First Drive. It's, it's about, like, the first car ride across the country. Oh yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And, and and you know, all these all these memories are rushing back to me right now. I'm really enjoying telling the story because you know something else. That Porsche was a stick shift, obviously, right? Oh yeah, yeah. And and my friend Steve never even questioned that I could or couldn't drive it because he knew that I'd already owned sticks. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So he he's like, it's gonna be fun, man. So here's the funny thing: Steve wanted to get to San Diego immediately, right? Right. And my job was to make it as zigzag as possible, right? Because <laughs> I'm like, dude, how many times are we going to be able to rip a Porsche convertible across the United States, right? Yeah, I would have been finding but, all. I would have been finding all of the straightest roads I could have across the country. <laughs> right, exactly, and, 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 and that's what that's what he was trying to do, right? And then, uh, but you know, him and I are really, really close friends. So I'm like, come on, man. Let's have some fun. So the first excursion we made was, I said, Steve, we're only a couple hours away from the Hershey factory, right? Yeah. And he's like, what do you care about the Hershey factory? I'm like, come on. How much fun will it be to go to the Hershey factory and eat some chocolates, right? (laughs) So, (laughs) So we drove to Hershey, Pennsylvania, and did the tour at the Hershey factory. Oh, man, you pull up in a Porsche and get out. Yeah, it was, it was so much fun. And then we and then after that he goes, Okay, you got that out of your system, Ahmad. Let's go to San Diego. And then we started a drive and I said, Steve, I used to date this really nice woman that lived in Erie, Pennsylvania. And if you want to make an excursion to Erie, I'm sure she can find a friend and we can all go out on a date oh, tonight. Man. <laughs> <laughs> He's looking at the map, he goes, I'm not going four hours out of my way for a blind date. And I'm like, come on, man. I flew to Atlanta for a blind date. You can do this. Right. Right. So we did. So we went up to Erie, Pennsylvania. So the next morning, because we needed sleep at that time. So the next morning, we get up and Steve's like, dude, I got to get to San Diego. We got to go. And then we get in the car and we're starting to find a way to San Diego. But then I tell Steve, I go, wait a minute, man. One more, just one more. And he's like, he's rolling his eyes like, dude, come on, Hamad. And I said, Steve, come on. I go, dude, the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame in Cleveland oh, yeah. is not that far. It's not that far, right? Uh, it's just Ohio's not that far Ohio's a hop, away. skip, and jump away from Pennsylvania. I mean, we're practically there. Exactly. And, you know, to be honest, to give Steve credit, he didn't even flinch at that one. He's like, okay, got to see the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. So he went to Cleveland. We go to the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, which was, I'd, I'd been there uh, once before, and I've been there once after then. Yeah. It's an amazing, amazing place. Yeah, I, no, anyone I've that likes rock there. and roll should definitely spend time in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. It was incredible. Now, now tell so, me, since you're in Ohio, you had to have stopped by another place called Canton. No, we didn't. You know what? We did not stop in Canton, Ohio. Okay. We did not. You know, I had to pick my poison. And you know what's sad? What's sad is I still haven't been to the NFL Hall of Fame in, really? in Canton. I've always wanted to go. 
But that's a place that I still haven't been. Maybe maybe that's another road trip you and I should take. Yeah, you know it's sad. I I live well. I don't live in Massachusetts anymore. I just moved, but I, I've never been to the basketball Hall of Fame. Really? Yeah, that's right in Springfield, Massachusetts. Now you know what? That's sad. My friend. <laughs> I, I need to fly up and hang out with you, and we'll go to that Hall of Fame. Yeah, we can. We could even hit Cooperstown too. I've never been there either. I've never been there. I haven't been to any of the Hall of Fames. I've only been to the NHL Hall of Fame. Okay. Okay. You know, I've been to that one, but which is weird because hockey's like my fourth favorite sport. Yeah, I was gonna that's say that's that's probably your least favorite. Yeah, it is. It is, but I still like it. But it's not as it's not one of my top three. Yeah. So, so anyway, we're at the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, and this is where it gets crazy. If it's not gotten crazy <laughs> yet, I was just gonna say, <laughs> right? Somebody tells us at the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame that Paul McCartney. Is playing a concert in Las Vegas. Oh man! In like in like two three days or two days, and Steve and I look at each other and I'm like, Steve, if you haven't seen McCartney in concert, he is magic, right? Yeah. And he goes, he looks at his watch and he's like, you think we can get to Vegas from Ohio in two days? And I'm like, well, we're not going to sleep, big guy. <laughs> I, I, I think that sounds I, like I a challenge, Steve. <laughs> you know, I mean, we, we do have a Porsche. Mine. <laughs> and man, it became our mission to get to Vegas to see McCartney. Man. Right. I, you know, it's one of those magic moments in life, Jonathan. Mm. We, we, we left the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. We drove as far as we could. Our only pit stop was Kansas City, okay. you know, because I grew up there. Yeah. So I'm like, let's go to Kansas City. And all the way as we were driving through all these states, like Indiana and all these states, I was calling either women that I had dated in the past or friends <laughs> that I had known that lived in those states. Like, hey, I'm driving through your state right now. Do you have time for a quick, uh, a quick brunch or something? <laughs> right? And so we did two or three more pit stops, but the pit stops were only one or two hours at a time yeah. as we were driving. Yeah. Right. And and I tend to keep in touch with people for decades. Yeah. So even though it's ironic to, to just call out of the blue and say, hey, I'm driving through your state. I'm 90 minutes away. Can you have breakfast? People were like, God, that, of course, that's what Hamad Zaidi would do. Right. <laughs> right. So, so they did. Right. So we spent the night in Kansas City, and then when we went, uh, when we left Kansas City, I called another woman that I had gone on a few dates with that I met at the Sundance Film Festival um, months earlier yeah. that year. Yeah. And I called her and I said, "Hey Kay, you live in Utah. I'm going to Vegas. Do you like Paul McCartney?" And she's like, "I love Paul McCartney, right?" And I said, "Okay." If I buy you an airline ticket from Salt Lake to 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 um, Vegas, will you meet me there? Do you want to go to the concert? Right? And she <laughs> oh, did, Johnson. <laughs> it was awesome. <laughs> so my trip started with a blind date that went bad, and and my trip ended with a wonderful date with somebody that I started dating a couple months earlier. I was, so hope, I was hoping you were going to say when you took that pit stop in Kansas, you, you met your blind you met your blind date somewhere and just be like, hey, here's what I've been doing for the past few days. <laughs> yeah, no, 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 I didn't. You know, I did call her to make sure she was okay, and she, she was still mad at me. So I don't think she, she didn't pick up the phone. Man. But, but the funny thing is, we get to Vegas, 
And we go to this concert, and if anyone out there has ever seen Paul McCartney in concert, they'll know what I'm talking about. He is unbelievable, right? Yeah. And I'm not kidding when I say I've seen McCartney in concert north of 20 times. Wow, no kidding. Yeah, yeah. And there's never been a time that's less magical than another time. He's wow. always that good, right? Yeah. And so uh, K. Kay was with us. So it was me, Steve, and Kay. And the ironic thing is the Steve that was with me in Vegas, you know, the one that drove across the country with me? Yeah. He was with me when I met Kay at Sundance a couple months earlier. I'll see you. (laughs) (laughs) Just hop in the Porsche and we'll be on our way. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So, So the funny thing is the next morning after breakfast, we were all talking about, like, leaving, and, and Steve goes, hey, you know what? I kind of want to, like, deliver the portrait to my dad on my own, right, because it's the last stretch, <laughs> yeah. and I want to take – it's a big surprise. His dad had no idea. Oh, okay, okay. Right, he uh, – I forgot to mention that, but it was, like, this enormous surprise. I see. His, his father had no idea. So then I said, dude, you know what? I'm going to stay in Vegas with Kay for another day. And I'll just take another one-way flight oh, from, man. <laughs> from Vegas to Los Angeles, and you can drive the car to San Diego yourself, right? Yeah. So that was how the trip ended. But I think the lesson I learned on this trip was that every single thing you do in life triggers something else in life. Totally, yeah, yeah. You know, because I know this trip was crazy, but it's again, like I said earlier, it's ironic that... This trip was two weeks after coming back from Guatemala and two weeks before I got invited to D.C. for Lynn Cheney's yeah. luncheon, yeah. which which launched me into, um, you know, the 9-11 spot that I did for the White House. Yeah. So it's crazy. And I honestly, Jonathan, I totally believe, man, that this trip and the energy it created, it was all part of the whole journey, you know? Absolutely. Like, imagine if, like, the, the, your blind date at the Final Four, imagine if she was like, hey, I, I want you to take me back or I want to leave. And you're like, all right, fine, whatever, we'll leave, right? And then you leave, but then, you know, your buddy calls you and just like, dude, where are you? And like, oh, I'm in L.A., I'm back home, you know. M- maybe he wouldn't have been like, hey, fly out here. Or, you know, maybe since you're on the East Coast, he's like, dude, just come up to New York. Pick up this car with me. Let's, let's drive it back, you know I mean? So many things could have changed the outcome of, of that whole thing. Yeah, and you know, I think that's a, that's a really great point, Jonathan, and that's actually what we wanted to share today, because think about this. Imagine me, imagine my date staying for the national final right. and not going back to Kansas. Right. Right? Yeah, because you wouldn't have left that night. You can't be like, I can't ditch my date. <laughs> yeah. I, w- I wouldn't have, yeah, that's not who I am. I wouldn't have ditched her. Right. So, if especially because I think if things were going to go well with us, we were going to extend it a couple of days beyond the final four and spend time together. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So if Steve would have called me and said, hey, man, come up to New York City and drive a car back to San Diego with me, I would have been like, man, I just met this amazing woman and I want to spend time with her. I wouldn't have left. Right. 
right? Yeah. But but she dumped me on Saturday, which opened up my life, <laughs> right? Yeah, exactly. So, so if she's out there, and I doubt she'll ever listen to this, but if she's out there, I'd like to thank her kindly <laughs> for dumping me and going home because without it, I never would have had this incredible experience around the country. To this day, I still cherish that trip. Oh, totally. Yeah, that, that, it sounds like it was amazing. No, it really was. It really was. And you know, it also, uh, I'll, I'll wrap this up on one thought. It also makes me think that if anyone out there has even thought of doing a cross-country trip in a car, don't even think about it. Just go do it. It mm. is so much fun. Mm. It is so much fun. Yeah, no, that my, uh, the, the other day, it was probably a few months ago, we were talking about my wife and I, she's like, it'd be awesome to like have one of those giant like... um uh, like an RV or something, like just literally drive around the country with our kids because, you know, we homeschool our kids. So drive around the country, visit all these places across the country and turn it into, turn it into like this massive like learning experience. Yeah, absolutely. And it really is. You learn more about the United States on cross-country trips than you do almost anything else. Certainly more than you do in reading books. Totally. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Like yeah, actually see Mount Rushmore, actually see the Grand Canyon, you know. Exactly. Yeah. Totally, totally true. Yeah. So, uh, again, I, I'd like to apologize. I'm just kidding, but I'd like to apologize kind of for doing another road trip story, but I've had so many of them in my life. <laughs> they, they always kind of creep back into my memory. So I'm, I'm glad that you guys allowed me to, to share this one. Yeah, no, it was awesome. And, uh, you know, everyone, we want to thank you for listening and downloading, checking us out on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, Google Play. Uh, You know, there's been reviews being left. We greatly appreciate that. And, uh, you know, looking at the stats, more and more people are listening. So thank you, everyone that's listening and enjoying. And uh, please don't forget to share us on whatever your favorite social media platform is and spread the word about limping on Cloud9. Uh, Ahmad, is there any way they can get a hold of you or reach out to you? Yeah, absolutely. They can always email me at info at limpingoncloud9.com. And if you want to reach Jonathan, it's the same email address. If you if you address it to him, I'll forward it to him right away. And again, for the second uh, podcast in a row, we've forgotten to mention <laughs> Toys Accessible. Oh, yeah, yeah. But uh, Jonathan, you want to jump in and just absolutely. tell them what that is real quick? Yeah, Toys Accessible is an awesome website that meets the needs of children with various disabilities and you know just because a kid uh, has a disability doesn't mean they want to they don't want to have fun and play with the toy so these toys have taken into consideration uh, children with various uh, disabilities whether it's like autism learning disabilities physical disabilities you know blind deaf all kinds of things like that so if you uh, have a loved one or know someone that has a kid with some type of disability and is having a hard time finding you know something cool for them to play with definitely check out toysaccessible.com. Absolutely, people. Listen, I love you for listening. And I got to tell you, at the, it's like the first of every month is like Christmas morning for me because I look back at how many more of you are listening to us, right? <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, wow, it's growing. It's growing. So we really appreciate the love out there. And Jonathan and I are just going to keep on plugging away until we keep uh, growing this thing. Absolutely. So, everyone, thank you. Jonathan, you want to wrap it? Yes, thank you for listening. Thank you for downloading. And we will talk to you next episode. See ya.